I get to brag on the Holy Spirit of God today. Is that okay? Can we brag on the Holy Spirit? You didn't seem too excited about that. Let's brag on the Holy Spirit today. Holy Ghost stories. <laughs> now you might say, Holy Ghost, that sounds kind of creepy, Pastor Kevin. The King James calls him the Holy Ghost, but I want you to know he's the Spirit of God. Amen. And that God sends himself in the person of the Holy Spirit. He's not a spirit from God, he is the Spirit of God. And you don't have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. He's the presence of God in our lives. And so to start off this conversation about the Holy Spirit and about him being present and help in our lives, I wanna start with the first work of the Holy Spirit that we see, and that's a work of forgiveness, a work of coming to Jesus, being made new, being made a child of God. You know, the Holy Spirit is the one that draws us to God. He helps us understand we have a need for God. And the first work of the Holy Spirit is one to help us remove our sin and turn us into sons and daughters of God. To remove what the Bible calls our unrighteousness and to make us righteous or in right standing with God. You know, something else that the Holy Spirit helps us is once we've given our sin and we've given our past and we've given all of our failures over to God, he also gives us assurance. Somebody say assurance. assurance. Assurance that you are a child of God, that you can know that you are forgiven, that you can know that God is for you, not against you, that you can know you have eternal life. You know, sometimes we go to church and we're trying to do all these good things and we wonder, are we ever measuring up? Are we ever good enough? How can we have confidence in the Holy Spirit assures our hearts that we are children of God and assures our hearts that we are safe in his hand. And one day when you pass on from this life to the next, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and you can have peace in facing that transition. And you can have peace even when your loved ones who've given their hearts to Jesus transition, that that is not the end and you will see them again and will live forever with the Lord and with our loved ones. That's a promise, that's a promise. These are Holy Ghost stories this is a Holy Spirit message for you, but I want to start there. I'm going to get into the miraculous today. I'm going to get into miracles because we just said a minute ago, many of you are believing and you need a miracle in your life. And we have a miracle working God who is our ever present help in our time of need. What happens in this room affects where you live, affects where you work affects your marriage, affects your body, affects how you raise your kids. This matters. You're not just hearing religion. You're not just being religious. You're walking with God. Amen. So let me just give you a couple of these scriptures, and then I want to get into some testimony. The two scriptures I want to start with today is this, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. And like I said earlier, God took our sin Jesus took our unrighteousness. Jesus took our darkness. Jesus took what we were wrong and he made us right. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says this, for God made Christ who had never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Jesus Christ. You are made right between you and God through Jesus Christ. So you don't have to wonder, where do I stand? Is God for me or is he against me? Do I have to somehow perform and do all these good deeds? And how, how do I know all these good deeds are enough? 
But the Bible tells us when we put our faith in Christ, he took our darkness, he took our unrighteousness, he took our sin, and he put it on his sinless body, put it on his sinless life, and he died in our place. Somebody get excited about that. And so your confidence is in what Jesus did, not in what we can do, which is why it's called grace. And we receive that grace. And you've been made right in his sight. What does that mean? That means you can talk to God as if he's for you, not against you. You can boldly approach his throne of grace and find what the Bible calls help in your time of need. You will not find a closed door in your face when you approach God because you're like, but I'm not good enough. I don't know if God, what God thinks of me. You put your faith in Christ. He loves you. He puts you in the same position he loves his son. You wanna know what God thinks of you? He thinks of you as his beloved child, son and daughter, of which he would do anything to make sure you can not only be with him in heaven one day, but he can be with you right now where you are. The second verse I wanna share with you is in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, talking about assurance, about eternal life. In the book of 1 John 5, 13, the Bible says this, I have written this to you who believe, who believe in what? Who've put your belief in Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. It is so important that you know you have eternal life, that you don't wonder or worry or, or are afraid of that day that you'll stand before God, but you can be expectant, say expectant, that you look forward to see the face of the one who died for you, that you look forward to see the face of the one who loves you more than you could ever possibly understand. And so you're not afraid of the day you approach God. You're not afraid of walking into a church campus. Sometimes people get all weird. They're like, I don't wanna go to church. The building's gonna fall down on me because I'm so bad. <laughs> this is a really strong structure. You're fine. And the truth is you're right where God wants you to be. And he is so excited that you're here today. So even if you're sitting here and you say, I don't understand all this, I don't know if I qualify for all this, because of Jesus, he's qualified us. He's prepared this moment so that you can have assurance of eternal life. You can have forgiveness of your sin. You can go from a wrong life to a correct right life. You can go from darkness to light, from death to life. And that's all a work of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good news? Well, can I tell you that that good news gets even better? That good news gets even gooder. All my English teachers are just freaking out right now. They're like, what did he just say? I said gooder. Because the good news gets better and better and better. Because we're not just forgiven and we're not just going to heaven. Because we've been made right before God, now God's Holy Spirit can come flood and invade our everyday life, can fill us up, where you now become the temple of the Spirit of God and God's presence walks with you, whether you feel him or not. You are filled with the Spirit of God, the mind of God, the abilities of God, the, the presence of God. So no matter what valley you're walking through or what challenge you're facing, you are not alone. That's where the good news gets even better. The good news is that not only do I believe him for my eternity, not only do I believe him for forgiveness of sin, but I have an ever present help, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and he creates great testimonies in my life here and now. Scripture I wanna share with you is in John chapter 16, 
John chapter 16, verse seven from the Amplified Bible. You say, what's an Amplified Bible, Pastor Kevin? It's a Bible that amplifies. <laughs> it takes certain words and gives you a few extra meanings so that you can see a little deeper into the passage. Can I read this passage to you in the Amplified Bible? That's what I was gonna do it anyway, but I figured I'd be polite and I'd ask your permission. John chapter 16, verse seven from the Amplified Bible. Jesus said this, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you. But if I go, he says, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. Can you get excited about that? Amen. See, when Jesus ascended into heaven on the day of Pentecost, he sent the Holy Spirit to us to fill his church, to be with his children. And I love that he calls him the helper. Say helper. How many of you could use a little Holy Spirit help? Would you raise your hand? Yeah, to find help. And it defines that help, to be a counselor to you. Is that a marriage counselor? Absolutely. Is that a business counselor? Absolutely. Sometimes we put the Holy Spirit in a little box called the altar at church, but the Holy Spirit goes right into your valley of your shadow of death. The Holy Spirit goes right into the dark place. The Holy Spirit goes right into the point of pain and need and you have help. And it's not just any help. God didn't just send angelic help. He came himself in the Holy Spirit to be our help. Amen. That same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives and quickens our own mortal bodies. He's with us. And he's a comforter, an advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, the Holy Spirit. You know, Joyce Meyer, anyone ever heard of this individual called Joyce Meyer? <laughs> this little small ministry. <laughs> She's got this amazing worldwide ministry. She likes to go back to Exodus chapter 33. That's Old Testament, if you're not familiar with your Bibles. And in Exodus 33, there's a passage where Moses, if you're familiar with Moses, Moses asks to see God. He goes, God, I wanna see your face. And in Exodus 33, God says, Moses, you can't see my face. No one can see my face and live. He says, but I'm gonna put you in this little corner of a rock and I'm gonna pass by and you can see behind me. And when you see behind me, you'll know me and I'll let my goodness pass by you. So what did Moses ask? He says, God, I wanna see your face, I wanna know you. God says, you can't see my face, but I can show you my goodness. And here's the deal, when you know God's goodness, you know God, yeah. right? Yeah. And in that passage of scripture, which I can read to you in Exodus 33, Moses says, I will, or God says to Moses in verse 19, I will make all my goodness pass before you. I will call out my name Yahweh before you, and I will show you mercy and anyone who I choose, I will show compassion to anyone I choose. And he says, you can't look directly into my face because no one can see me and live. The Lord continued, look, stand near me in this rock and my glorious presence will pass by and I will hide you in that rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see from behind, but you won't see my face. And then the Lord passed by and declared all of these goodness that he's loving and kindness for generation and he forgives sin. And God just talked about all of this goodness. And what Joyce Meyer says is this, 
She says, you know, you, you rarely see God coming, but you always know where he's been. See, Moses couldn't see God's face, but he could see God's goodness as he passed by. And isn't that the same in our lives? The same is true with the person of the Holy Spirit, because remember, he is the Spirit of God. And so many times you don't know how the Holy Spirit's gonna show up. You don't know how the Holy Ghost is gonna make a way. You don't know where the breakthrough's coming. You don't know how God's gonna change it around. But then he does. You don't see him coming, but you always know where he's been because you can see his tracks of goodness, his steps of goodness that have been ordered as you look back. How many of you can testify that as you look back, you can see the goodness of God? You can see the ever-present help of the Holy Spirit of God. That God and the Bible is not just a bunch of words. He is living and active in our lives. Amen. That's why people think we're just wasting our time going to church. We're not playing church, we are the church. And the presence of God goes with us. And this Bible comes alive in our lives. We interact with God. And that doesn't make us weird or crazy. People think you're crazy because you think God talks to you. I would think it was crazy to serve a God that doesn't talk to you. I don't serve a silent statue, I serve a living God and I serve an ever-present help in my time of need. Hallelujah. Don't you call me crazy. It'd be crazy to live a life on your own, try to walk through this hell without God, without the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may not see him coming, but you always know where he's been. I can talk to you in Bible stories all day long where God healed the sick through the power of the Holy Spirit, raised the dead, healed the leper, put an ear back on somebody. <laughs> It's because some angry Christian cut off somebody's ear. Come on now. Not that that would ever happen. <laughs> some sword swinging saint. And Jesus had to go fix it behind him. <laughs> I could show you where he multiplied food and bread. And I could take you through Bible story after Bible story where he made a way and parted the Red Sea and and he just did miracle after miracle. But I really felt today that I was supposed to talk to you about miracles and Holy Ghost stories that I've seen happen in my own life. People that I can tell you I've met, names, dates, places, so that you know that these Holy Ghost stories are still happening. Because you may need a miracle today and the same God who was moving 2000 years ago 4,000 years ago is the same God who is moving in this place and in your life right now. And he never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and when? Forever. So today, our hope is that you begin to experience some of your own Holy Ghost stories. As we sit around a campfire, we're not gonna tell you scary stories. We're gonna tell you stories that build your faith. Can I do that for the next few moments to share some stories that'll build your faith? I wish I had a s'more with me right now because it would make it that much more powerful. The first story is this. I remember counseling a young couple in my previous church in Illinois and they had some marriage issues and concerns. They came in for counseling and this doesn't happen to me a lot, but as they were in the room, I was getting so frustrated and angry with both of them. I'm a nice guy and I can have faith for a lot of things. But as they were fighting and upset with each other and cutting one another down right there in front of me in my office, and I couldn't get them to settle down and to settle back. And I even saw disdain 
for one another in them. And, and there's a threshold there. When you start hearing and seeing disdain coming out of people's mouth towards your spouse, it is like a slippery slope to the end because it's so rooted in them. They cannot see the other person anymore except for someone that they despise. And I saw, I saw that in the room and I felt it. And in my own heart, I was thinking, I want this session to be over. This is hopeless. I didn't say that to them, I smiled. <laughs> you know, God can fix this. And in my heart, I'm like, this is done. And I'm a man of faith. I feel bad even saying that. You're like, Pastor Kevin, that's terrible. You're supposed to believe. You weren't in the room. It was hard to believe. I was like, yeah, okay, well, I did my best, but it's gonna be over. But you know what God did? Over the next few months, I watched God melt their heart. I watched them stick together. And I didn't even have my own, I didn't even have faith for them. But they were able to forgive. They were able to grow in God. They were able to come back from that brink of disdain where even psychologists will tell you when you get to that level, it is, it is pretty over. And they were able to come back to what even counselors would say is impossible. And their marriage became a beautiful marriage. I watched them start serving in the church. I watched them start helping us with outreaches. I was like, who is this couple? And I never told them that I gave up on them. I never did. I was, you know, I'm the pastor. I'm like, yeah, I knew God could do that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But you know what? They didn't need my faith, amen? They needed to believe, they needed to work through it. And the Holy Spirit, the helper, the advocate, the counselor made a way where there wasn't a way. So even if your marriage looks like it's totally over and psychologists and counselors have totally written it off, I don't know how God's gonna do it. I don't know the path, but I know the counselor. I know the helper. I know the advocate. I know the standby. And you can have your own Holy Ghost story if you will bring it to God. And that's not a story back in the Bible. That's just a couple years ago. And I could tell you that I myself stood amazed at what God did in that marriage. Another testimony I wanna to bring to you is one of healing. How many of you could use a healing in your own body? Would you raise your hand? How many of you know somebody that needs a, a miracle, little miracle in healing? Our secretary, she was our secretary for a while, then she became our personal assistant. Her name's Shar. I'd like to share her name because she's a real person. <laughs> When she was five years old, she had a kidney disease. The disease ate away her kidneys. She lost one completely and the other one was completely damaged. As she was getting older, the doctors would tell her she wasn't gonna be able to have children because of all the damage inside. But you know, her family began to pray. Her family began to intercede. And later on, when she was ready to have those kids, they went and did some more scans of her body to see what was going on on the inside. And the doctor came out and he said, do you wanna see this uh, x-ray or these scans of your kidneys? And she goes, kidneys? I only have one. And he said, no, you've got two perfectly healthy kidneys. Two. And they went on to have three beautiful girls that are now adults. So you may, you may have faith to say God can heal something and make it feel better. But can you have faith that God can recreate an organ? Can you have faith that God can recreate? Come on now. From the inside out. He did it in the Bible. He made us, he made us the first time. I don't think he lost the blueprints. 
And I could, if you needed to, I could connect you with Shar today. And she could tell you her story where she literally had a kidney reformed and remade. I had a friend of mine named Gary. He's passed on to heaven now. He was in a car accident and his voice box was completely crushed, removed. He has the scans to show you. He does not have a, does not have a voice box. I don't think you're hearing me on that. Does not have a voice box. And you wanna know what God did after he touched his throat one day in the hospital? By the way, he was pronounced dead for about 20 minutes and God brought him back. He went on to become an evangelist and a singer. An evangelist and a singer. His name is Gary Wood. You can look him up, wrote books about it. I got to meet him about 10 years ago or so, and we became good friends. But here's what God did with him. God didn't give him a new voice box like he did with Shar with a new kidney. He gave him the ability to speak and sing without one. You see, the Holy Spirit sometimes will continue to defy the odds and defy science just because he can. Amen. So you might say, well, I can't imagine God forming a new kidney or I can't imagine how this could be whole. God may give you a brand new one or God may just do without it, but God can make a way. The Holy Spirit can make a way. Amen. So I don't know what you need today in regard to a healing, but I can tell you that the healer is in the house because the presence of the Spirit is here and wherever he is, God is here. He is God. Are you enjoying this so far? Can I tell you another story? I want to tell you a story about deliverance and freedom. You might have a loved one who's addicted to drugs, alcohol. Maybe that addiction is taking them just completely off the rails. And it's hard to believe, you know, God, how are you going to get through to them? And you've been pleading with them and you've been pleading with them and you're not seeing any progress. But you know, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit can get behind any closed door in somebody's life. A young man named Jared, Jared. Jared's mom and dad attended our church. Jared would come on occasion, but Jared enjoyed his party lifestyle. Jared enjoyed and was addicted to all kinds of drugs and different things. And mom and dad didn't know where he was half the time. He'd be out partying all night. He was in his, I believe he was in his college age or a little older than that. Good kid, when I would meet him, he's very respectful, but he just couldn't get free. And he was just going down this dark path of drugs and alcohol abuse. One day in one of our services, mom and dad asked one of our pastors if they would leave a prayer. Mom was trying to get through to Jared. He wouldn't answer his phone. It was an evening service. She was worried about where he was. And so our pastor, and she's been here, her name's Norma, prayed and prophesied. You say, what is prophesy, Pastor Kevin? That's when the Holy Spirit takes over, takes, takes what you're saying and puts his words in it, right? And the Holy Spirit begins to pray the perfect will of God through us, through his people. So we're not just praying with our own understanding. Now all of a sudden what's bubbling up out of our heart is something from God because God still speaks. And she began to speak a living word into a voicemail, a voice message because he wouldn't answer the phone because he saw his mom was calling and he was high. Later on, after the voicemail was sent that night, Jared said that he opened the phone or went to the voicemail and he heard a recorded prayer and a recorded prophecy. Instantly, he was sobered up 
and the effects of the drugs left his body. And he was glued to that phone and he received that word. And over the next few weeks and months, God completely delivered that young man out of that lifestyle, off of those drugs to today, Calvary. Today, he is a missionary and one that Calvary supports in Egypt. And he's creating a headquarters to reach Muslims with the gospel all around the world. So he went from a drug addict, a drug using, alcoholic, running from God through one prayer, through one word from God, through one touch of the Holy Spirit in one moment, coming to his senses, just like the prodigal son in the Bible. See, because those aren't just Bible stories. Those are human being stories. Those are real life stories. The Holy Spirit does do that. Stops people right in the middle of our darkness and says, I have more for you than this. I have more for you than this. So you'll see us talk about Jared. You'll see these ministries in Egypt and you'll remember, wow, that all started with a Holy Ghost story where mom and dad didn't know what to do, but they asked for prayer and the Holy Spirit invaded that space and did it again and did it again. Isn't that good? I have a business story for you. Can I tell you a business story? How many of you need a financial turnaround? Raise your hand. I just talked to you about how Calvary annually has a need that they have to believe God for. And it's stories like this that just remind me that God does exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask, think, or imagine. Jack and Tessie, Jack and Tessie, probably in their mid seventies when I met them, beautiful couple. They used to come and sit in the parking lot of the church in Illinois and they would pray in tongues for an hour before church because they wanted to make sure their hearts were ready with God and they wanted to be in the flow of the Holy Spirit. You say, what is praying in tongues, Pastor Kevin? Your ear just went up and you're like, what is that? It's just praying with the help of the Holy Spirit in a language you didn't learn. The Holy Spirit gives you language and you let him pray. That's all that was. We can have a conversation about that another time. You don't have to be creeped out by it. God who makes language and even gave us multiple languages at the Tower of Babel can give you a language without learning it. He did it there, he can do it again. God is the God of language, amen. And he gave them a language. And so they would sit there and they would pray with the help of the helper, the Holy Spirit in their car for an hour. Jack came in and he asked for prayer at one of our services because his business of which he'd created over the years was going bankrupt. It was his legacy. It was something that was obviously near and dear to them. And he had to release almost all of his employees by this point. I'd like to tell you as a believer, you'll never get to a place where you feel like things are coming to an end and you're at the, the uh, you know, this place where nothing, you know, we're all that bad and all that challenge. But you know what, as a believer, we still have troubles and we still have valleys and we still have giants that face us and we still have things that will make us use our faith. Amen? But what Jack couldn't see was what the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit was about to do. Again, in that prayer service, the Lord gave him a word. And the word of the Lord was, don't file bankruptcy. That by March, and God doesn't always do that. Sometimes people, they wanna know a date and a time, and God doesn't always give you that kind of specifics. But in his case, in Jack's case, God said, by March, things will turn around. And so he held off on filing bankruptcy. And that March, Jack received a contract in his company for $1 billion. I'm not lying to you. 
I'm not lying to you. This isn't something I read in somebody's newspaper. I know Jack and Tessie. And they went from going bankrupt to having a billion dollar contract in that short period of time. And he went back and had to hire everyone that he just dismissed. And that happened by a word of God. That happened from the word of the Lord. The Holy Spirit knew what was about to take place. God was working behind the scenes. God was engineering a solution that Jack and Tessie couldn't see. See, that wasn't just, that wasn't just in that moment, God already had a plan. He was letting them know what he had been working on in the unseen realm. Your God is working on it in the unseen realm, whether you can see it or not. The Holy Spirit of God is moving things into position. But that word needed to release Jack's faith and Jack's obedience. That is a Holy Ghost story. How many of you would like to have a billion dollar contract for your company? You get real excited about that right now. Go ahead. One word from God. One word from God. You think people come up here and play games at the altar. Oh, they're just up there with a, needing a crutch, an emotional crutch. People laying hands on them and praying. I'm telling you, God is moving and working at these altars. Those words you're getting from God, it's not just about comfort, it's creative. It's transferring faith, it's transferring power and anointing. It's not just giving you revelation, it's giving you the power to do what the word just said. It's imparting. If you can sit back all you want and think that these people up here are just, you know, leaning on a crutch. They're not leaning on a crutch, they're leaning on the everlasting arms. They're leaning on God Almighty who's responding responding, actually responding. Amen. Now you say, that's great. You have all these stories about other people. What about your family? I am glad you asked about my family. In 1925, I was not there. I said, Pastor, you look good for your age. No, in 1925, my great grandmother uh, who came over from Sicily, she was an immigrant from Sicily and her husband, they were raising some young kids. She was a young mom. She had come down with a really severe illness. They didn't know what it was. And she was bedridden for months and they didn't know how to fix it. It's 1925, I mean, things are just different, right? And uh, her husband was working in the orange groves. They lived in Southern California, Corona, California. That's where my family kind of immigrated to and where we kind of came from. My great-grandfather was working in the orange groves my great-grandmother's sister was working on the train, at the train station at the docks where you're loading the produce you know, onto the trains as they come through. Uh, that was kind of the big business in Corona, California at the time, it's just the citrus industry. And as I said, my great-grandmother was, they believed dying, she was that sick. Train came into town, an evangelist was sitting on the train, just some traveling minister and the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost prompted him to get off the train and to go ask the workers there on the dock if anyone needed prayer for healing. My great-grandmother's sister happened to be there that day and heard this evangelist make the announcement, does anyone need prayer for healing? First of all, I don't know who this evangelist is. One day I'll meet him in heaven. I'm so thankful that he moved out when prompted by the Holy Spirit to get off of a train, to go make himself vulnerable in front of a bunch of strangers and say, does anyone need prayer for healing or know somebody that needs prayer for healing? My great-grandmother's sister says, my sister, she's been in bed for months. She's so young and so sick and her kids need her. 
The evangelist said, show me where she lives. So she pointed him down the street, down the road. He went down to my great grandmother's house, went in, prayed a prayer of faith, prayed a prayer of healing. The Holy Spirit touched her and he looked at her and he prophesied to her and he said, by tonight, you will be completely healed out of this bed and you will make dinner for your family. And he left. My great grandfather comes home from the groves that night. My great grandmother was up preparing a meal and served her entire family and was completely healed, completely healed because that man got off the train prompted by the spirit of God and went and allowed himself to be a vessel for God to use to heal my great grandmother. And that story affected my family line. My great grandfather, and they weren't believers by the way. As a matter of fact, I'd be embarrassed to tell you some of the things they were involved in being Italian in Southern California in 1925. But that story affected my family and my great grandfather and my great grandmother became believers. Spirit filled, Holy Spirit believers. My great grandfather helped plant the very first Italian spirit filled church in Corona. And it's still there today from my understanding. Amen. That's a Holy Ghost story. In 1954, my dad, my dad was a young boy. My grandmother, grandmother, Grandma Kringle, as we called her, she was a single mom because her husband, they lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, had four kids. He had a mistress, had an affair. He threw my grandmother out and she took her four kids and moved to Southern California, which is how that we, we got there. That's how my family got there. My dad's side of the family got there. My mom's, my mom's side was the Italian side with the one I just told you about. My dad's side is this one. And so my, my grandmother, my dad's mom raised those four kids with like zero money. They were so poor. He tells me stories about how they made clothes out of potato sacks and they would get laughed at from other kids and she would have to pray and ask God for just provision to find something to wrap their lunches in because they didn't have the money. But there was a little spirit-filled four-square church down the road that she started attending. Heard about Jesus, saw God moving, saw miraculous, and there was an evangelist starting to have revival services. And they had this little Model A car. I think we have a picture of this little Model A car. And they didn't have money really to put gas in it. And at the end of the first week, the car was on empty. My dad's telling me this story just this last week. The car is on empty. And they didn't have any money to put in the car to fill the gas. But the evangelist said, we're extending the meetings two more weeks. Back in the 1950s, man, these revivals, they were, they were awesome. I love watching these tent revivals and watching moves of God in the 50s. They were powerful. People were getting filled, healed, people getting touched by God. It was so exciting. And my grandmother wanted to be there and wanted to bring her kids into that environment. Her kids had just had this trauma in their life from their father walking out on them and throwing them out. She knew they needed to be in church. She knew they needed to be around God. And she saw services where God was showing up. And she's like, I don't have money to buy gas for extended meetings. But they went in faith. They got in that little Model A car and by faith drove to the meeting. The car was on empty after week one. For the next two weeks, they drove back and forth and made every single service in that meeting. 
three weeks of meetings with these little munchkin kids in the back watching this. And my dad says, he remembers it so clearly. He said, you know, on the last day of the meeting of the third week, we pulled the car in after service that night, turned it off. The next morning we went to start the car. The car was totally bone dry dead. They had to go get oil finally at that point and gas, and it took a while to prime it, but it was as if God just wanted them to know for certain that it was about providing for them to get to those meetings because God was gonna touch and mark their lives forever in those meetings. Isn't that powerful? You know what that reminds me of? Reminds me of the loaves and the fishes. Reminds me of the woman pouring oil in the Bible and the oil just kept coming. You may need a Holy Spirit provision story. You don't know how God's gonna provide. Maybe he makes that car last longer than it should. Maybe he makes that paycheck grow and provide more than it should. Maybe your food doesn't run out and it just keeps multiplying. I don't know, but these are not Bible stories. These are Holy Spirit God stories. He is alive, he is active. Amen. I don't know what you need today, but the Holy Spirit's got a story for you. Finally, my own life. 1976, I was born. Some of you are like, oh man, he's way younger than I thought. I'm trying to get there, guys. I'm working on getting older. Some of you are like, he's too old. Guys, come on. Can't please everybody. 1976, I was born. But many of you don't know that I was born with a deformity in my hip, in my leg. A couple years before I was born, my grandmother, Grandma Kringle, I just told you about, was at a meeting. My, great, my grandmother Kringle was always at a meeting, a church meeting. And I think that's a good place to be, especially if you need God. Yeah. You know, you get to the church as much as you can. You get in the presence of God as much as you can. And she was at a meeting and another, another evangelist was praying for her and began to prophesy over her. And he said to her, I see you carrying a baby boy wrapped up in a blanket and you're pacing and you're rocking with him and you're very concerned over that baby. You're very concerned over that child. But you need to know that God's gonna heal him. He's gonna be okay. And it was just a year or so before I was born. She thought the evangelist missed it, as many people do, because she's like, all my kids are grown. I don't have any, boy grand, any boys around, any boy babies. So thank you, that's very nice but that wasn't for me. Well, she didn't know I was coming. <laughs> and it was just a year or so later that I came and I was very sick when I was born and my hip had a hole in it. This is the way my dad describes it. A hole that it was like there was no muscle. He said, you could put your thumb all the way through your hip and touch the bone on the other side. And there was like a huge divot and your leg, your leg kind of hung to the side at a 15 degree angle without any strength. It was just like limp. And he said, your grandma, would pray for you just like God had said. And she would rock you at night and she'd pray in the spirit over you and she'd pray healing over you. And over a few days and weeks, we watched that muscle grow and we watched that hole fill out and we watched your legs straighten. I would never have known except for my parents told me about it. And look, I've walked just fine. Thank you very much. But I want you to know, you may be believing for healing in your life. You may need a creative miracle. You may need a new kidney. You may need your memories brought back. You may need discs in your back replaced. You may need provision. You may need deliverance and breakthrough. You may need God to turn your business around. 
there is a story and a testimony for you with your name on it. And God brought you here today to know that he is your ever present help in time of need. Amen. It is important that you first receive the first miracle and that is the miracle of giving your life to Jesus. Forgiveness of sin, restoration with God, assurance of eternal life. But then the good news gets gooder. And he's not just there to help you get to heaven, he's here to help you here and now. God brought you here today, yes, to enjoy the county fair in just a minute, but he wanted you to know that he loves you. He wanted you to know that he wants to forgive you of all sin, wash you clean, give you a new start. And he wanted you to know that he wants to be a help in whatever it is you're going through today. I've asked Pastor Josue to come and lead us in a chorus. But would you stand with me, please, as I pray this into your life and as we begin to end the service today? First, I wanna sing a song that declares the message by faith. And it's a song that basically says that the Holy Spirit is in you and he goes before you. Your spirit is within me. And now because of that reason, I'm gonna walk in your peace. And I'm gonna pray that the peace of God begins to fill this room and whatever you're facing right now, that the peace of God begins to assure you that he's got a Holy Spirit story for you. He's got a Holy Spirit breakthrough for you. And so would you just allow yourself to receive the truth of this message that you are not alone and that the Spirit of God is within you. He's not up there in heaven somewhere. He's right here with you and he goes with you and let that build your faith and confidence in whatever you're facing today. We're gonna sing this through a couple times. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer and we're gonna dismiss. Pastor. Your spirit lives within me, so I will walk in your peace. Your spirit lives within me, my victory, my victory. Your spirit lives within me, so I will walk in your peace. Your spirit lives within me. My victory, my victory, your spirit lives within me, so I will walk in your peace. Your spirit lives within me, my victory, my victory, yeah. your spirit lives within me, so I will walk in your peace. Your spirit lives within me, my victory, my victory. And that song says, I am not alone. You are not alone today. I wanna to give you an opportunity today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, to receive him today. The Bible tells us that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that the wages or penalty of that sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. The Bible goes on to say that all, say all, who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Saved from sin, saved from death, saved from hell, but then saved into the family of God. Saved into right relationship with God. And so today, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I wanna give you that opportunity. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes just for 30 seconds? And you say, you know what? I don't remember a time in my life that I've asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord, my Savior, to forgive me of my sin. 
Today, when I pray, I'm gonna count to three. And when I count to three, if you say that's you, I've never asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, but I would like to. I wanna make a decision today to serve the Lord. When I count to three, just put your hand up right where you are. Or you may say, you know, I used to have a relationship with God, but if I was honest, I've walked away. I'm not where I used to be, but I sure would like to re recommit and restart my journey with Jesus. If that's you, when I count to three, simply raise your hand and we're gonna all pray together and call on the name of the Lord together so you're not alone. So if you're ready, on the count of three, if you need to commit for the first time or recommit, just raise your hand and we will gladly pray with you. One, two, three. If that's you, would you put your hand up high? Acknowledging in faith that you are surrendering and committing yourself to the Lord. There's a hand right there, second hand right there. Anybody else? Three over there, great. Four, five, six, anyone else? Seven, eight, come on now. Anybody else, put it up high, nine. Come on, put it up, God sees it, God sees it. Even if I don't see it, this is your acknowledgement of surrender to say, God, I need you. Would you all pray a prayer with me right now so that they're not praying by themselves as we pray this prayer to commit our lives to Jesus today? Repeat this prayer with faith. Repeat after me, dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize that I've sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sin. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. Be my God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you celebrate all those that just prayed that prayer? We hope you have been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person for our Sunday morning worship experience every Sunday at 10 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. There you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.